Welcome to Being at Work. I'm your host, Andrea Butcher, and today's guest says that lifetimes are built on relationships, not results. Lee Kemper is a vice president in operations at Kimball Electronics. And when I asked Lee about a pivotal moment in his career that formed his leadership, he says there isn't a single light bulb moment. His key learnings come from a culmination of career and life experiences and the relationships along the way. And in listening to him, I'm inspired to pay greater attention to how I show up and tune in to the people in my life. Listen in as Lee shares his journey from the military to senior leadership in a global manufacturer and notice the relationship thread through it all. My biggest takeaway, giving grace starts with forgiving yourself. Well, it started in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) Kidding. Young kid in Indiana, uh, Midwestern kid. I think the real key aspects is when you asked about a light bulb moment, I really struggled to synthesize that back. And it made me kind of look back at my entire career and history and, and kind of where does, and I think it's been a culmination. And I don't think that leaders are born. I think some are, right? Some are natural born leaders. But I think leadership is a learned trait and we get better every day. Uh, sometimes we fail. I think failure is, is a part of the process. But really started, you know, as a young kid playing sports, I really enjoyed being around uh, other kids playing sports. Wasn't the greatest athlete, wasn't the worst learned how that, you know, where I might be a role player in one sport and I might be more of a leader in another, uh, but really learned that dynamic of teamwork. And, uh, you know, then it kind of through school, I think that probably the foundation was probably established when I spent four years in the United States Marine Corps, which was very, very enjoyable. I was one of those kids that graduated high school. I did not know exactly what I wanted to do. I really envied those kids who had a career track and a plan and this, you know, this process that they were going to follow. I wasn't one of those kids. And I always try and, you know, kind of look back at other kids that are, you know, in their late teens, like, I don't know what I want to do. And I try and lean into that and embrace that and say, you know, go with the flow. You know, you'll find the right path, be a good person, treat people the right way, and it'll work out for you. Thank you for your service. Four years in the Marine Corps. And I very much appreciate that message of don't feel like you have to have it all figured out. Like life is speaking to you. Pay attention to the messages and the hints that you're getting along the way and follow that. I think uh, to this day, uh, you have to be, be open to the, to the environment that you're in. And it's, it's a journey. It's a learning experience. And I think that somewhere along the way, I really learned of, that you have to take the feedback of your environment and take that and learn from it. And, uh, you know, the Marine Corps gave me probably the greatest foundation I could ever have from discipline and leadership. And I think a lot of folks think of the military as uh, command and control. Uh, there is that component, but it's really about it's about commander's intent. Let's understand what the leader of the business is trying to get done and let's execute to achieve that mission, whether that's growth or it's profitability or it's team and development. And it's really trying to understand the why behind that. There's so many different folks. I know you and I have had conversations about just different alignment on uh, leadership, uh, Simon Sinek, different books. And just, I think self-discipline and self-awareness, it really comes from being internal and looking at what you can do to be better and giving yourself that grace that you're going to fail. And how do you move forward? Uh, just uh, 
I was one of those guys that started out in sales and ended up in operations. So everybody looks at me and says, boy, how did that happen? That's a pretty interesting dynamic. How did that happen? I got out of the Marine Corps and I had an opportunity to start in sales and I really enjoyed it. And I think I've read some articles that it's a great place to start a career because one, you learn failure quickly. Uh, Not everyone is going to place a purchase order with you. And you're also dealing with a wide variety of people. So when I talk to young folks and I say, you know, I want to think about getting into sales, I say, you know, it might not be the long-term career choice, but it's always good. And that could be any customer facing activity. It could be if you go to Chick-fil-A, it could be the cashier at Chick-fil-A. Look at that uh, engagement and what those folks are trained and how to engage with and satisfy customers. That will never leave those folks. I bet those folks will be talking about that 20, 30, 40 years down the road. So I think that human interaction challenging customers, you know, those are the ones we we learn from the most and make us better. And I think that that's a really key aspect is uh, just human interaction, interpersonal skills, and really learning that failure is okay. And a lot of folks that haven't failed, they'll get to a point where they do fail. And it's it's having that grit determination to say, I'm not going to let this keep me down. So was that hard for you when you first got into sales and you were told no on the purchase order? Oh boy. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, (laughs) I think to this day, we don't want to lose, right? Uh, Whether we play sports or we, we have an individual sport or we, we play an instrument or we're a part of the band. We want to be the best, uh, whatever we do. And I think that that just really holds true. And, And it's allowing yourself the grace. And you probably hear me say that a few times, and it's taken me time to give myself grace to say, it's okay. Uh, I'm going to fail. I'm not going to be the best. Progress over perfection. It's uh, That is a key mantra you'll hear me say, because I used to be this, well, it has to be this. It, we must achieve this level. And then well, what if you didn't? What if you didn't get the 100 yards, but you got 99 yards? Is that bad? No, that's excellent results. However, uh, we didn't get there. And it's what, what are we going to what are we going to learn from that? And how are we going to get to that? Get that last year. So this is really good. So while you, you you started with, you know, you haven't necessarily had this big light bulb moment. It's been the combina- combination of experiences. And I'm hearing that even in these few examples that you've given already. You know, you talked about commander's intent that you learned in the military being so foundational. And when I think about commander's intent, like it is all about the mission, right? In, in order for me to accomplish this mission, like I have to find a way. So there's a lot of drive towards a result in that, right? Well, so now you're talking about not getting there and how you lead through that. And that is hard to do when you've got that commander's intent so ingrained in you. So how have you learned to reconcile the, you know what, we're not going to be successful and I am going to learn along the way. How do you lead through that? Absolutely. And it's, it's been learned and I still challenge, you know, it still challenges me today. I would say I started my career out in sales and transitioning to operations, very results focused. We need the hundred yards. We're going to get the hundred yards and, you know, follow me, we're going to get there. And, you know, along that way, you learn that there's, there's, people and there's processes. And it's generally about relationships and results. Results come through process improvement. Relationships and people are what get that done. And I would say that somewhere, probably probably a little over 10 years ago or so, 
really started to understand that this is, we can be very results focused and I can get results, but you know, lifetimes are built on relationships, not results. And I would say that there's a transition when it came into some real self-reflection and how am I going to be better and how am I going to get to the next level of my career? And I think that's really where it came down to relationships trump results. Results are expected, but what are we going to do to build relationships first? And then we will get success and the success will be long lasting. And don't you see when you have that focus on relationships the results do come, maybe not in the time you had expected, but I can think of so many times in my consulting career where just by building a relationship with someone, you know, and maybe there wasn't a need at the time, but over and over and over, it comes back around. They remember the connection. They remember being uplifted or encouraged in some way. And so when there is an opportunity, like it always comes back around over and over. I've seen that. Absolutely. Uh, I was just on a leadership retreat with our executive team the last couple of days. And, you know, we did some life mapping. And, you know, one of the one of the questions that we were doing in our life map was, who is an influential person that affected you in your business life? And there was a CEO that I first worked for. I worked for a lot of different managers, a lot of different leaders. And those are two different people, in my opinion. And this person was a fantastic leader. Still, I can call him today. He's been retired for 10 years. You know, Joe Fiamingo, if you're out there, God bless you. And, uh, you know, he's a wonderful guy and he taught me a lot about leadership in an early age. And he was, he was a hard charger. He was a demanding person, but he built a relationship with me first. So I, I knew that he came from the heart and all leaders, they don't need to have titles and we don't really need the title. I try to tell people that people know that you're in command or they know that you have the role lead with grace, lead with humility and gratitude. And I think the key thing is I really synthesized down my, my leadership philosophies. It's really about check your ego. Okay. People know you're the leader. Be a leader. Be the person that they want you to be. And that's all about gratitude and thanks. You know, so many times a results focused orient, oriented company, they say, well, that's your role and responsibility. There's so many things on that sheet of roles and responsibilities. Be thankful that, you know, what they provided to you that day met the needs of the day and really focus on being thankful, lead with some humility, you know, just say, be appreciative and also grace, you know, lead with, hey, I know there's a lot of priorities. How can I help? What can I do? And I fail at that every day. I'm not always as good as it, but you know, at the end of the day, I try and reflect and say, how can I work with this person better? How can I connect with this person and I think a key aspect, I'm very fortunate. I work in a company where it's a people first company. And what I mean by that is we have very strong guiding principles that have been established for decades. And we use those guiding principles to make decisions uh, for those folks that might be in very results focused or Korean uh, organizations. It's really how do you as a leader infuse the relationship aspect? Well, and you told me at one point, you told me, um, rather than meeting people halfway, go all the way, which is a great representation of your focus on the relationship, like going all the way. I used to think, you know, it's, well, you know, I'm, I'm meeting this person halfway. Why, why can't I, why, why aren't we connecting? Right. And it was always, well, I'm meeting halfway. And I finally realized that one, I have to own the relationship as the leader. And if there is a failure for a connection, that's on me. 
And I need to go all the way to that person's point of view and sit in their shoes and understand what situation they're in. And that took some time and it wasn't easy. It was it's challenging because you're having to check your ego. You're having to look at the world from their perspective. And I think it really, you try and come from a position of empathy of what's, I need to understand where this person is viewing this and then look at what I'm saying and what I'm asking and then say, okay, it's up to me. I might need to make some changes and adjustments because everyone's personalities are different. When we have like-minded people, we might just be hard charging. Let's go get it done. Those conversations are really easy. But when there's some difference of opinion or someone might be more reflective, they might be more introspective. And you need to think, I just gave that person a lot to think about. I need to give them some space to really process this and then come back and then also give them that time to say, I gave you a lot to think about. Let's let's talk tomorrow. Okay. And sometimes we're very situational with, I got a one-on-one, I got to get this done. Have those touch points. That's what relationships are from. And I think as a leader, you have to go all the way to their point of view, sit in their shoes, think about what you've said and say, how can we improve this, this relationship and how can we improve the business? Well, I re- really appreciate your point around, I have to own the relationship as a leader. It goes back to what you were saying earlier about lifetimes are built on relationships, not results. I love that because I, a lot of leaders I see, and I have certainly fallen into this during in my career, getting it backwards, like not spending time on the relationship because you're not getting the results. When, if you would spend and invest more in the individual and building that connection with him or her, the results are going to come. Absolutely. I I think you either have to double down or triple down. When results are not being achieved, that generally means that there's not a connection. You don't have a unified purpose or you don't know the why. And a lot of times that's when I revert to the basic foundations of, okay, what are we trying to accomplish? Maybe I have not provided enough clarity. And I ask that quite often of, okay, does everyone understand where I'm coming from? Have I relayed that messaging properly? Can you, can you say it back to me? I want to make sure uh, it's reflective listening. Tell me what, what I've said. I want to also understand what you've said so that we do have better clarity. Because I think that if there's one thing that keeps me up at night in a business, it's, it's communication. And we try, and you know, our company, we try to overly communicate, be very transparent. Uh, sometimes that can be too much information. And you try and really synthesize that down to the key priorities and make sure that people really understand that and they understand the why behind it. Simon Sinek is fantastic with the why, uh, whether it's personal why, why are you in business? Why are you doing what you do? Do you enjoy it? Are you passionate about it? To me, it really always comes back to that why and the why is kind of the commander's intent. Yeah. So it's all, it's all connected, isn't it? <laughs> it's all connected. So you've mentioned grace a couple of times. You talked about giving yourself grace and giving others grace. What does that look like for you? To me, it's, it's at the end of the day when you, when you reflect and you're saying, here's what went well, here's what didn't go as well. What do I need to tackle tomorrow? It's to forgive yourself to say, I might not have been my best person today, or I might not have achieved the results that we expected. That forgiveness is really key. And that to me is, is grace. And that is also, you need to provide that to the folks that work for you. It doesn't mean you're letting them off the hook. I know some people are like, I, I can't let them off the hook. They won't get the job done. They know they want to do a great job. No one wakes up in the morning and says to their significant other, I really want to go stink it up today. Everyone wants to be successful. 
And, and my wife, uh, God bless her. She told me all the times, you know, Lee, uh, everyone is doing the best they can. And if you lead from that and you don't make assumptions that that person can do so, so much more, maybe they just don't have that confidence. Maybe you haven't instilled the confidence as a leader in them that you trust them. You know, they can do it. And you will also allow them to fail, but fail forward. Uh, I always like it, you know, failing is a strong word. It's more like I, I prefer stumble. Let's stumble a little bit because we don't want someone to truly be on the ground. We want to help them, but they do need to stumble. They do need to make some errors and mistakes so they'll learn from them. Yeah. And I appreciate that you started that with forgiving yourself, giving yourself grace. I, I do think that those leaders, in my experience, that are really hard on others, like their heart is a bit hard. They're so hard on themselves. They take themselves so seriously. I think that comes from a lot of, there's a lot of folks in business and in life. It could be for-profit, non-profit. They are passionate about what they do. It doesn't have to be in the business. It can be at home. And, you know, they are really passionate. They're, they're just driven folks. And a lot of times, if you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive others. And it starts with looking in the mirror and saying, I wasn't my best. I can be my best, but also progress over perfection. Can we make progress? Have we made progress? And that comes from, you have to have touch points with folks and that's in one-on-ones and monthly touch bases. And we're making great progress here. And I think it's also reinforcing the positive aspects of what have been done. Because I used to look back and think, man, I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. And then I look at, I put a list together of accomplishments for a business unit review or a monthly report. And I would go, oh my goodness, we've done a lot of great work, but you also need to celebrate that with folks. And that's, that's probably the area I work on most. It's really challenging with COVID to celebrate because it is part of my personal development plan is to celebrate more. And it's a little bit challenging with COVID going on. So we've, we've had to find some more unique ways to celebrate. Yes. Zoom celebrations are the new thing, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Zoom celebrations. I, I also think a handwritten note uh, goes a long way. It's a little bit old school, but uh, you know, we have, uh, we kind of embrace the handwritten notes folks. And I, I think that is very, those are probably some of the most impactful things you can do for someone. I've been doing a lot of audio texts as well, you know, rather than like typing out some words, like really letting my team members hear in my voice, how grateful I am for them and celebrating them. That's a fantastic idea. I'll make a note of that one. So, okay. Okay. Let's go back to, I want to dig in just a little bit more to the forgiving yourself. It's such a, such an important thing. I mean loving who you are, knowing who you are, so foundational to, to modeling the way, to leading by the example that you want to set. And so I so appreciate that you take time to forgive yourself. How have you learned to do that? I wouldn't say that I'm perfect at it because I fail at it a lot. I think it's you have to have accountability partners, both at work and at home, uh, and, and maybe those are friends you know, some, some folks at work that you really trust that they can be blatantly honest with you and you do not get defensive. And I have, you know, my wife, I have friends that I can sit around a fire with and have a cocktail and, and say, here's my thoughts. And they will tell me, uh, they're also business leaders or they might, I have a friend who's a stay at home dad and they will tell you that's a crock. Uh, you, you're, you're feeling sorry for yourself or, you're, you're, I don't think you're really looking at this the right way. Or have you really thought about that? Uh, at the uh, executive retreat, 
we had dinner one evening and, and a colleague of mine made a comment and I followed up with him the next day and I said, I heard what you said. You made a comment. You might have not, but it resonated with me and I appreciate what you had said. And it's just taking that. Don't take it personally. Take it to heart. That person is giving feedback because they want you to be successful. And it, I think it really comes down to those accountability partners, not taking it personally, which is probably one of the hardest things that we we do. We all do. I do. And you have to be able to check that a little bit and say, what lesson learned can I come out with, with this? So part of forgiving yourself for you is having a safe place to get feedback, to confess whatever's going on in your head. What would you say to leaders who don't have those kinds of relationships in their life? How do you go about establishing those accountability partnerships? Well, it's kind of like mentors. You don't uh, sign a mentor agreement with somebody. You just, they generally naturally happen. And you have to have someone that you mutually respect and trust. And it, generally, that's where a lot of this comes from, right? It's mutual trust and respect. And you might tell that person, say, I'm on a personal development journey. And I really, this is, and sometimes you have this conversation with a friend, they might look at you like, are you okay? And you say, I, I want your feedback, honestly. And when I'm talking about something, uh, I want you to give me your honest feedback and I won't be defensive. And the first couple of times they'll, they'll put some teasers out there. And then you, 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 when you have that conversation, they go, okay, this person is, they're legitimately wanting my feedback and be prepared for that feedback. Cause sometimes it can be, you know, it can be harsh or it can be painful to hear. But when you realize where they're coming from and uh, you know, the, the, that it's all about, you know, getting better as a person, as a friend, as a, as a husband, as a wife, as a, as a coworker or a, or a leader, I think that, you know, it's appreciated. So I think it really starts with mutual trust and respect and a conversation of saying, I really want your honest feedback. I want you to be straight with me and not being defensive. Well, and there's a, what I hear in that, that example is there's a posture of growth. Like the, the driver behind the conversation is we want to help each other be better. And so those, gosh, those relationships where you can just let your guard down and say whatever without any judgment, oh, those are precious, precious relationships. Absolutely. And they're, and they're, and they're not, you know, there's not a lot of them. I've been fortunate to, to have some folks that I can, I can counter or can count on both at home and at work, but those are not easy. And, you know, that's where it takes that, you know, that willingness to put yourself out there a bit be vulnerable. I've heard you say, you know, strong back, soft front. You have to be able to, to have a heart. You have to be able to, you know, be able to stand up and be strong, but also present that I'm empathetic. I understand what's going on. I, I can put myself in your shoes and get that feedback. It's very, very important and uh, it's something that I work on every day. Well, and you have a development plan. It's fun to hear you hear you talk about that. You know, you, you talked about one of your aspects of your development plan. Wh what else are you focused on right now as a leader? How are you growing? Well, I would say the key thing from a personal development plan, there's there's one that's associated with work and it's there are obviously goals and objectives, but we also, we take a portion of our personal development and our business objectives that are strictly people related. And that ties to not only compensation, but goals, but it's not just, you know, here are five key metrics for the business that we must meet in order to achieve X. There is a pretty significant portion. Almost a third of that is directly people related. And that's around personal development. 
And I think that there's always one thing I can always be better at. I could talk a lot is I need to listen better. And really, I try and work on active listening to repeat back what I hear. Uh, And that's probably one of the key aspects that I continue to work on to this day. The awareness in that is so critical, isn't it? You know that about yourself. And so that's naturally going to drive you to be more aware of those moments when you're not doing that. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's part of grace. I was thinking about just a minute ago. You, you have to be open-minded and take feedback for what it's given and don't, don't be a victim. Ah, oh, this happened to me because, or wow, you won't believe what happened to me. It's taking that and saying, okay, that obstacle was placed in my way. Okay. That obstacle, whatever the issue is, I'm going to own it. And how can I fix this? And when I say I, I, I want to work on the plan, but I also know I'm going to list, you know, my accountability partners to help me along. I think that's very important. And that's, you know, that's a, probably a, a different conversation about, you know, just taking that ownership of taking that accountability and really, you know, just not allowing life's obstacles because life, everybody says it, life is really hard and it's very challenging. And it can beat us all down, but have those accountability partners when you're not your best and have those folks that you can talk to, to get that feedback and put together that personal development plan. And it cannot be six, eight, 10 bullets. Try and keep, synthesize it down to a few things that you want to work on and you'll see significant improvement. Well, focus equals growth, doesn't it? And because we're always growing, I mean, that's why I love asking leaders that question, like, what are you working on right now? Because there will always be something, you know, there's never a day when we can check the box and say, okay, I'm done growing as a leader because we can't separate our professional growth from our personal growth. And that's, that's why we're here, right? Having this experience is growing and learning along the way. I so appreciate your message around, um, your message around grace. That's my big takeaway today is just allowing grace taking time to forgive myself, recognize all the good things that I'm doing, that the people around me are doing. There's a lightheartedness about you that I really appreciate and admire. And I saw it right away. You know, we, we, you and I connected very quickly. We have very like-minded in terms of our leadership philosophies. And so that, um, that lightheartedness is good for us all, particularly right now. So Lee, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Andrea. I greatly appreciate the time. If our listeners want to connect with you, what is the best way to do that? Private email, lwkemper71 at gmail. That is my personal email. And if they have any questions, love to hear from them and and, uh, help them along their journey if possible. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a Being at Work story.